Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth. We thank you, Father, that you have people here that you have appointed for this time. Thank you, Father, that they would walk out of here with hope, a confident expectation of good coming their way. And it's all because of your great love for people. God, we just thank you for what you're going to do, what you are doing, and uh, just for changing lives today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, saved by grace through faith. Y'all ready to learn? slip i think i was telling myself something that's a that's a wonderful wonderful topic you know me i love this stuff i love the teaching part of the bible i have you guys know that everything in scripture is about jesus like everything is about jesus everything has a purpose uh in scripture even names mean something in scripture amen uh the hebrew names the uh the greek names um the hebrew words the, the bible was written uh in such a beautiful language language is there's there's the uh the hebrew in the Old and the Greek in the New Testament. And there's so many. You want to do a deeper Bible study, find out what some of those words mean. Amen? So this morning, we're going to talk about this. I want to take you first uh, to Genesis chapter 20. This is the first place. There's a, there's a teaching in Scripture uh, in, in seminary about the law of first mention. We've talked about that before. The first uh, mention of healing is found in Genesis 20. And it has to deal, it, de it deals with family healing. Amen? Now, you know that your father loves families, loves them. That's why the devil is so out to destroy families. He loves families, loves them, loves them, loves them. And if you don't have a family, if you grew up like I did, my dad wasn't there. Let me tell you something. My father in heaven has always been. It just took me some time to figure that out. Once I came home, he wasn't there with that big old paddle. Right? He was there with arms wide open. He said, welcome home. It's a beautiful feeling to be free like that. Amen? Can anybody else testify to that? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Genesis 20. So Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech. Healed. That's the first time we see it in Scripture. God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children for the Lord, had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. We're going to see what, uh, how do you guys know that, that there's types in the Bible that always point to Jesus? Like Joseph in, in Genesis is a picture of who Jesus is. W yes, he, he was abandoned by his own. He was sold uh, for 20 pieces of silver. Jesus was sold out for 30 pieces of silver. He, he went into, uh, basically he would die from the world. He was thrown into a pit. But the Lord made him to where he would rise up and be in charge. He would have the keys. Amen? To life. Life meaning the bread, the, 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 the storehouses of bread that they had. And, uh, and he would end up blessing the world because of God bringing them through that. That's what God did for Jesus. Yes? So Joseph is a type. There's plenty of different types. But Abraham is also a type of something. Let me show you something in, uh, in Romans 4. Okay, Abraham, there's no dispute about this. Abraham is a, is a picture of faith, is a picture of righteousness by faith. Okay, so whenever you see Abraham's name, when we go back to Genesis, I want you to think righteous by faith. Okay, faith, 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 faith. Say faith. That's who Abraham is. So when, what then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? That's something we should always ask ourselves. Now, not what does a pastor say, not what does a book say. What does the scripture say? Amen? That's the truth. 
Abraham believed God. You can even ask Siri what the scripture says. My watch does that all the time. She does. Who doesn't? Uh, it was account. Oh, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Abraham believed by faith, and God counted him as righteous. That was back in Genesis 15 or so. So, so um, accounted him righteous. Now, to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. How you guys know we're talking about two covenants here? So, if you work, if you think you still have to pay for your sins, it's 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 not uh, grace. Grace is something that was given to you. The law makes you work for it, makes you earn it. Nobody could do it. That's why Christ came. He's the only one that can do it. So let me just give you a bit of advice. If you have to get up and leave right now, take this with you. You cannot work for God. You can't. You cannot work for God in order to be forgiven. You have to simply accept by faith that what Christ did has caused you to be forgiven. And that will make you want to work for him. But if you try to work, because you're, you you got some guilt, some shame, some condemnation from your past. It doesn't work that way, amen? It, do, it, it doesn't. It, it's, not, it's not counted as grace, but it's debt. You still think you owe God something. When you can't pay it. Christ did it. He's like, receive that, amen? All right, but to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. Aren't you glad that Christ justifies the ungodly? Most people in the church think he only justifies the godly because they're the godly ones. I love that because that's his heart for people. That's what the world needs to know. The world needs to know somebody has died for them. They don't need to know how bad they are. They don't need to know how good we are. Good luck proving how good you are. Amen? They need to know that in spite of how bad they are like we are here, somebody loves them. And if you accepted Jesus, you have been justified. Justified. Da, 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 da. Come on, man. That past tense. Yeah. In Christ, you have been justified. Um, his faith is accounted for righteousness. So when you see Abraham, think faith. Amen. What about Sarah? Galatians 4. This is Paul again. Tell me, you who desire to be under the law. He's talking to people that want to stay under the law, stay working for what they can do for the Lord. Do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons. Now don't forget the subject. Keep it in context. He's talking about the law and grace. <clears throat> for it is written Abraham had two sons. The one by the bondwoman. Anybody know her name? Hagar. The other by the free woman. Sarah. But he who was of the bondwoman was born according to the flesh. According to the flesh. That means self-effort. When you see flesh in scripture, it's self-effort. It's works. Abraham's like, I can't wait. Sarah's like, I can't wait either. Have you met Hagar? Leave it at that, right? So uh, that was according to the flesh. They developed their own plan, right? When God had already told them, hey, I'm going to bless you. Trust me, all right? Uh, and he of the free woman through the promise, God promised them a child, right? Which things are symbolic. Say symbolic. So that whole story about Abraham, uh, about Sarah, and about Isaac, and Hagar, and Ishmael, all that, it's symbolic. It's a real story, but Paul's saying it's symbolic. 
What is it symbolic of? For these are the two covenants. Old Testament, New Testament. Ishmael is Old Testament. Isaac is New Testament. Two covenants. Grace, Sarah, New Testament, New Covenant. Which thing, these things are symbolic. For these are the two. Oh, see. I think I'm making this up. I could have just read it and not said all that. Uh, the one from Mount Sinai. Church, what, was, what happened to Mount Sinai? It blew up with the law. Amen. The law. The law was given on Mount Sinai, which brings birth to bondage. If you are under law, you're in bondage. There's a lot of people still like that today. They're still, they go to church all the time, but they're trying to keep the commandments. They're trying to do the right thing. Trying, trying, trying. When God is like, hey, just rest. Just rest. I'll get you through that. The more you try, the more you fail. Paul said, the more, the more I try not to covet, the more I coveted. It brings birth to bondage, which is Hagar. For this Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to Jerusalem, which is now, and is in bondage with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. So listen, Isaac and Ishmael had the same daddy, but different mamas. Different mamas. There's churches like that today. Remember, they're symbolic. There's, there's churches that... That, that we had the same father, the same God, but some of us are still under law, Ishmael, and some of us are under grace, Isaac. Are you with me? You need to turn to your neighbor and say, say, are you, are you my brother from another mother? Are you from my mother, mother? All right, the struggle is real, people. Why are people, remember this whole thing is about healing. Why are there some Christians still struggling with healing? Why is there some doubt there? When it's already been provided for us. Listen, I struggle with this too. I get symptoms. I'm like, Lord, where's my healing? What's up? You said I was healed, right? But you still go through the struggle. Why? Why? Let's go back to Genesis. All right, Genesis 20, verse 1. And Abraham journeyed from there to the south and dwelt uh, among Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah, my sister. Abraham, righteous, Mr. Righteous, just lied. And he had a very spiritual reason. He did not want to die. Right? He's like, bro, that's my, that's my sister. He, and he's looking at her going. Right? Doesn't sound like a very, do you think he's, now, if he was righteous, you would think, man, um, he would die and protect his wife. But instead, he's willing to give her up. That's not like a righteous man. He's basically saying, hey, don't, don't take me, take her. If I'm Sarah, I'm like, when I get back, I'm going to kick yours. Right? And all the ladies said, <laughs> I know, because I've heard that before. From My wife's not here, so she can't debate that. Just believe me. All right, so uh, take my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. This is where you got to go. Who lied? Abraham. Who did God judge? 
Abimelech, 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 Abimelech. In the jungle, the mighty jungle. Pastor Dwayne, this is my uh, audition. He'll never let me sing, but I'm so <laughs> Yeah, why would God not go to Abraham? I'm like, you got the wrong person. Why, is, why are you saying that Abimelech is dead? He didn't know. Abraham's righteous. Why? The reason why is because Abraham was pronounced righteous already. And that should tell us that when God pronounces you righteous, he's not playing any games. He's not playing games. When you're righteous, you're righteous. It doesn't matter what you do. You are righteous. You got to know that he has judged you righteous. Amen? Uh, I heard Mr. Paul told me a story last week when I took him to dinner, my wife and I. And it was a, a cool story. I, I, I'm going to jack it up, but I want you to hear it. There was a man that went to heaven. And anytime you hear that, you're like, oh, let me guess, he's going to meet Peter. And Paul goes, and he met Peter at the gate. I'm like, but it's cool because he met Peter at the gate. And Peter said, hey, it's going to cost you 100 rubies to get into heaven. And the man's like, oh, okay, I, I can do that. 100? He was like, well, for 15 years, I was a missionary. Um, and I spent 15 years of my life pouring my heart into other kids. And, and Peter looked at him and goes, that is awesome. I'm going to give you one ruby for that. And the man's like, one? That was like 15 years of my life. I'm getting one? And, and, and then he said, and then he said, uh, he, he said, but then I went right into being a pastor. And I pastored for 45 years. I pastored a church and, 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 and families were set generations. I, I helped change generations by sharing the love of God with people. And he goes, man, that's awesome. I'm going to give you another ruby. He goes, I'm running out of years. I got two. I need a hundred, right? And, and as they're talking, this guy, let's just call him Bobby. Bobby just walks right past him in the gate. And the guy's like, I know Bobby. Bobby's one of them C&E Christians. He only comes on Christmas and Easter, right? He's one of them C&E Christians. He just walked right in. And, and, and Bobby's like, hey, Pete, what's up? And he just walked right in. And the guy's like, hey, man, I know that guy. He doesn't ever go to church. Like, how's he getting in? And Peter's like, oh, he doesn't play this game. And when Paul said that, I was like, oh, my gosh. How many of you guys know that there's so much truth in that? Too many people are playing games with the Father, trying to earn their way. When he says, hey, it's been paid for, freely come freely come. There's going to be a lot of people in heaven that we're going to be like, man, it really was that easy. <laughs> right? And, and, and half those people are going to be my former teachers, all my family, my grandparents that are already up there. They're going, he made it? <laughs> you, you're laughing because you know that's going to be you too, James. <laughs> James and I are going to walk in together. What's up, Pete? All right, how in the world did we get there? Let's go back to Scripture. All right? He came to him and said, you're a dead man. You're, you know why he's a dead man? Let me tell you why. Abraham represents what, church? Faith. Sarah represents grace. Okay? Abimelech separated grace from faith. And when you separate grace from faith, you're a dead man. There's a lot of people that believe by faith. But there's some churches don't receive the grace message. They think that the grace message is a sister. It's a sister teaching. When actually, they're married. 
Grace and truth came through Jesus. The law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus. In other words, grace, Sarah, and truth, truth, the new truth that came through Jesus is righteous by faith. Abraham. Amen? So Abimelech separated. You got to think, guys, in these stories, how many of you guys know the Bible is a lie? Like there's so much truth in it. You ask God, God, give me the revelation, give me a revelation. So check this out. Abimelech removed grace from faith. He didn't remove Abraham. He didn't remove faith from grace. He removed grace from faith. And I'll show you why. That's important. All right. Uh, but Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she even herself said that. He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and in the innocence of my hands, I've done this. Don't kill me. You got to read the Bible like that. Abimelech just wasn't like, yo, bro, what I do. Right? <laughs> he was peeing in his britches. Because whenever the Lord shows up and says, you're a dead man, <laughs> that's not something you're just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> you're like, oh. Anyway, that's how I read the Bible. You don't have to. Uh, Genesis 20, verse 6. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart, for I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Because he could not touch her. Do I have to explain what that means? So here's what I get out of that. The world cannot defile grace. God will see to it. He could not defile Sarah. He couldn't do it. God withheld him. God will not let the world defile grace. Never. In fact, it's the opposite. Grace will purify the world. That's what Christ has done. He's come to purify the world. Amen? He's the only one that can do it. And that's why that man was not allowed to touch her. And I love that God is in control of not just the church. He's in control of the entire universe. He will not let grace be defiled. Beautiful. All right, check this out. Just uh, let Scripture interpret Scripture, yeah? This is Jesus talking to a leper. And behold, a leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, under law, if you touch a leper, you get what the leper has. But under grace, the leper caught what Jesus had, healing. Grace cannot be defiled by sin. Grace is greater than sin. Amen? How do you fall from grace? Anybody ever see that, man? People fall from grace. They fell from grace. Poor pastor fell from grace. No, when you sin, you actually fall into grace. Amen? The Bible tells us, man, you fall from grace when you go back to the law. In other words, when you go back to trying to earn it, when you go back to trying to, 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 trying to deserve it, you fall away from grace. And notice that grace is higher because in order to fall, grace has got to be higher. Amen? All right, back to Genesis. Now, therefore, restore the man's wife. He's like, put grace back where she belongs, back with faith. Put grace back, for he is a prophet. 
I need a flag, my religious flag. A prophet? That brother lied. That brother tried to give his wife away in order to save his behind. Man, he's a godly brother. Tried to give up his wife. But God calls him a what? A prophet. That's interesting. That goes back to my point. God doesn't, listen, you need to see yourself as your father sees you. Just because you mess up doesn't change how he sees you. Doesn't change what he's got stored for you. Amen? He's got a purpose for everybody. Everybody. And when you mess up, you, sometimes we do it. Somebody, the devil made me do it. No, sometimes you do it. And when you do it, he just lifts you back up and says, let's go. I got your plan. It's ready to go. Stay on me. Keep your eyes on me. I'm going to get you there. He calls you what, as he sees you. The Bible says, for as he is, so are we in this world. As Jesus is right now, so are we. Is Jesus struggling with sin? No, we should not be either. Why? Sin's been paid for. Sin's been paid for. So he's a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. He will pray, and you shall live. Live. The word live there is not just like, it's to have full life, complete health, abounding in many and all. Love that. Uh, But if you do not restore grace to faith, know that you shall surely die. You and all who are yours. That's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. If you do not restore grace back to faith, you will die. And there's a lot of people struggling in the church today because they have faith, but they've neglected grace. People say, I got faith in God, whatever he wants to do. Uh, if it's his will that I die, then it's his will. Have you ever heard that before? Mike, that's not God's will. Do you think that's God's will? God says, above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health. That's God's will. Well, sometimes people die. That's true. But are they truly dead in Christ? Because their last breath here is their first breath in heaven. Are they dead? They're more alive than we are. Amen? All right. So, uh, we saw that. Next verse. Verse 8. So Abimelech rose early in the morning, called him all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing, and the men were very much afraid. <laughs> and Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, Bro, what did you do? <laughs> He's like, what did you do to us? How, how have I offended you? He's like, what did I do to you, bro? What did I do to you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. He goes, bro, what you did to me shouldn't be done to anybody. Anybody. Now, Abraham is the one that lied. Abraham's the one that brought this great sin upon them. Amen? He's the one that did all that. This is true. He's, he's right to be upset with the brother. Would you agree? Yeah, but God called him a prophet that's going to pray for him. God doesn't disqualify you because of your sin. In fact, you are qualified because you have sin and you're not perfect. You are qualified because you've accepted the payment for your sin. Jesus, amen? All right, 
so skip down to verse 14. Then Abimelech took sheep, oxen, and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he restored grace, his wife, back to him, back to faith. Now look, when you bring grace back to faith, faith is enriched. Your faith grows. Are you hearing me, church? When you put grace back with your faith, when you put undeserved favor back with your faith, you are enriched. Your faith grows. Satan knows that. That's why he doesn't like the grace message. If you understand that you're forgiven, not because of what you do, but because of what he did, and you mix that with your faith, your faith grows. Abraham had faith. He was the man of faith. He was righteous by faith. But how in the world can he pray for healing unless grace is restored? There's a lot of churches that are under faith. They believe it. It's a side, it's a, it's a topic or whatever, but grace is a side topic. And so they don't completely believe in healing. They don't. We've seen it here, right? From stage four to out the door. Yeah, we've seen that in this church. M many people, not just one. It's been unbelievable, man. And, 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 and it's not that Dwayne and I have uh, this special power. The cracker is special. You can get it at Hitchcock's. Publix. You can get it gluten-free, salt-free, whatever you want. It's who it represents. And now all we do is speak out by faith. We're not trying to convince people that you have to receive it. You, each individual person, has to put grace back with faith. And faith is enriched when you do that. See that? All right. Um, and Abimelech said, See, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. Then to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. He still doesn't get it. He's not, he's not a Christian, right? Uh, a thousand pieces of silver. That's interesting. Indeed, uh, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus she was rebuked. Grace was rebuked. I had a problem with that. I'm like, wait a minute. How is Abimelech going to rebuke Grace? And then I found out the word rebuke is not in the original. It's a poor translation. So let me show you something. This is the amplified version. And to Sarah, he said, behold, I have given this brother of yours a thousand pieces of silver. See, faith became enriched when grace returned. Awesome. All right. It is uh, to compensate you for all that has occurred and to vindicate your honor before all who are with you. Before all men, you are cleared and compensated. Now, that's better than rebuke. When I see rebuke, I'm thinking that brother was cussing her out. But that's not what happened. She was vindicated and her honor was restored. That's the original text. All right? So God doesn't want grace to just be a topic. He doesn't want it to be a sister. He wants grace and faith together. Because faith is enriched when you understand you don't deserve it. When you understand it's a gift. Now it's not about you doing something. It's about receiving what's been done for you. And your faith grows. Amen? So... When the church honors grace like they do faith, you'll start to see healing flow within the church. We've seen it here. We've seen it here. We've seen. Now, don't forget this is the first place in Scripture that healing's mentioned. Do you think this is by chance that all these names mean something? Represent something? They're types of something? The Lord's telling us, put grace back with faith. Don't separate them. Don't make grace a topic that people talk about in seminary school. Right? It's not a topic. Grace is a person person jesus so 
So the very next verse, the very next verse right after that. So Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, his wife, and his female servants. Then they bore children. That's amazing to me because Abraham lied. He didn't do anything right in that chapter. And yet God blessed him with silver, cattle. People say, no, it was a spiritual blessing. Silver, cattle. Amen? This is interesting because I want you to think about this. This is some of the questions I ask myself. How did a... Ooh. Oh, it's not in there. That's supposed to be... I'll just ask. So Abraham prayed to God and, and God healed Abraham. How, uh, Abimelech. How did Abraham qualify to pray over somebody to heal him? How? He was righteous by faith. Because if we go by what he did in that chapter... Just put yourself in, in his shoes. If you knew that you sinned, you lied, you got to deal with the Lord, and you got to deal with your wife when y'all get back to the tent, <laughs> would you think that you could be used to pray over somebody and heal them? Because mm -mm, you'd be so sin conscious. But see, Abraham was righteous by faith. That qualified him to pray. So don't think that you're discounted to pray over somebody because you have sin in your life. You are qualified to pray over somebody because you have a sin payment living inside you. You're never disqualified. Ever. Some of the last thing, every time I go to pray over somebody for, for them being sick and stuff, I, isn't it interesting that the first thing that comes to my head and probably yours too is, man, I said that word this morning. And you're like, hold on, let me go have some confession time. Because if I lay my hand on you now, you might die. Right? Anybody thought like that? <laughs> I did. I mean, Brother Eddie asked me one time, Troy, come over here and pray. I'm like, Brother Eddie, hold up. Um, I got an argument this morning, man. I started getting all this out, and he's just still in there. Basically, he was saying, shut up, let's go, let's pray. <laughs> but I was trying to explain to him what I did, that I'm not qualified. I was trying to talk myself out of it. Right? But faith and grace is walking up to someone and praying over them even though you got some baggage in your life, even though you just lied, even though you stepped on the Lego and said, shut the front door, right? It's okay, church. We're all going to fall. That does not disqualify you, ever. It doesn't disqualify the world either. They got sin just like we got sin. We just know who paid for it. They need to know who paid for it. Give them love. Don't give them condemnation. You don't get condemnation. Why do we condemn the world? Love them like you've been loved. That'll change it. Amen? All right. Um, oh, what qualified Abimelech to receive healing? He put grace back with faith. He put, he was, he put, he put grace back with faith. And because he did that, he qualified for healing. Don't separate the two. Don't say one's a sister, one's a brother, whatever. Listen, they're married. Don't separate what God has put together. Don't. Grace and faith are together. They both came by Jesus. All right, we did it. All right. Uh, oh, so right after that. Now, here, was Abraham, now God had, bless you, was, God had promised Abraham and Sarah what? A, a child, a son, right? In that chapter, they haven't received it yet. But here God is saying, hey, I want you to pray over them so they'll have children. 
Now, if that's me, I'm going, what about me? You said I was going to have one. Now you want me to pray over this idiot? Anybody ever feel like that? You, you got to think, man. Put yourself in their shoes. He, he, him and Sarah have been praying, waiting for the promised child. They haven't received it yet. And here they are. God's like, I'm going to use you to pray over them. So they'll have children. You got to think that Abraham in the back of his mind, he's no different than us. He's thinking, well, what about me? Have you ever thought that? Yeah. Here's what happened. The very next verse is Genesis 21, 1 through 2. Right after Abraham prayed over them. Check this out. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time of which God had spoken to him. The moment they stepped up by faith, even though they probably had condemnation, but grace had been brought, to, brought back to faith, they prayed, and a miracle happened for somebody else. And sometimes when we pray like that, our miracle will happen. That's faith. God's just waiting for you to, to show faith and grace in the same prayer to pray for somebody else, even though you might be concerned about where's my answer prayer, you go out and do what the Lord tells you to do, and you will see your answered prayer. Closing up, Romans 5, 17. For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, that's Adam, much more, say much more, church, much more those who receive the abundance of grace. Some people say, Pastor Troy, you preach too much grace. I'm not preaching enough grace. It's going to get worse better <laughs> much more those who receive that's the key you got to receive it church you have to receive it receive the abundance of grace sarah and the gift of righteousness abraham will reign in life through the one jesus christ that's not talking about your future life that life is zoe life that's right now you will reign in this life when you keep faith and grace together Sorry, Miss Kathy. What would have happened if that had hit you in the head? Would you have rushed the stage? I gotta have an exit plan. <laughs> Pop, don't don't try to hold me either, Pop. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful, man? If you keep faith and grace together, you reign in life. And when you reign in life, your sickness doesn't reign in life. When you reign in life, your your problems, your issues don't reign. You reign. And the word reign there literally means as a king and queen. When a king speaks, stuff happens. I know when a queen speaks, stuff happens. Amen, ladies? Yeah. Yeah, especially in that stern voice. Then you know that's serious. Then you got to get up. You're like, I'm going to wait for that stern voice. And then you hear it, and you're like, oh, I'm up, babe. What you need? That literally is what it's saying. Kings speak. They don't beg for something to be done. They don't say, hey, servant, can you please? They're like, servant got to have it done right so listen this is if we receive the abundance it's one thing to see like like grace an abundance of grace has been given to us i did it last time i'm not gonna do it again because somebody kept my money but i had like 20 dollars, right remember i told you this and i said hey this is yours it's free right but most people will say thank you and not actually take it unless your your name is bruce 
then you take it. But that literally is what it is. You got to take it. Faith takes. Faith takes. You got to take it. And you reign in life. Amen. That's beautiful. How many of you guys want to reign in life over you? Would you rather have your issues keep reigning? Or do you want to reign over those? That was a great spot to say amen. <laughs> Ephesians 2, this is it right here. But God, you could just do a whole sermon on that. Right? They'd be like, choice preaching? But God, who is rich in mercy. Some people think God's poor. The streets are made of gold up there, people. Silver, cattle. I mean, God is in the blessing you so that you will be a blessing. That's the truth. He's in the blessing you so you'll be a blessing. Some people see him poor in mercy. Because of his great love, his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. It's by grace that you have been saved. And raised us up together and made us sit together. When you're sitting, you're not working. When you're sitting, you're resting. Made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceedingly riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Um, whoo, I went too fast. So I want you to see that by grace you have been saved. Another place in Scripture says, by grace, through faith, you have been saved. It's actually verse 8 of this verse. By grace, through faith, by Sarah, through Moses. You can, you're saved. You can have faith and be saved. But when you have grace, that's when all the other stuff comes in. That's when you're, because you're not trying to qualify for it. You, for it. Little country came out. I'm mostly country ghetto. I grew up in southeast Gainesville, if you're visiting. It is what it is. You got to have faith. You got to have grace. They got to be married because that's how you're saved. You're saved by grace. What is grace? Undeserved, unearned favor. It means you can't earn it. You can't earn God's reward. It's given to you freely. Some people say, well, we get them in stages. I used to say that. Let me just tell you something. The Bible says, if God has given you Jesus, you have everything. He's not going to give it. You don't have to take a 12-week class. And, well, got the Holy Spirit this week. Week 7, finally got my healing. It's, that's dumb. He gave you Jesus. The Bible says that he has given you all things that pertain to this life. All things. There's nothing you, you need that you don't already have. It just needs to be awakened by the truth, by Scripture. Keep grace. Keep faith together. And your healing will flow. Amen? Hey, let's stand up and give Jesus a hand. Yes. Church, I want you to understand something. We, a lot of us have faith, but when you keep that undeserved, that you can't earn it in your mind, start speaking out like a king. Start speaking out like a queen. What you want to see happen. Speak it out. Believe God. Believe your father that he that all this is true. You will have whatever you say, the Bible says, whether it's good or bad. If you say I'm getting sick, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get sick. But if you have the symptoms and you say I am healed by the stripes of Jesus, you keep speaking that out. What do you think is going to happen? If it works one way, I promise you it works the right way. I don't know why I keep pointing at the screen. The truth's up there. The scripture, thank you.
So church, will you pray with me as we uh, as we go about and, and walk out of this place? I hope you have filled uh, that you just have life and life overflowing right now, even more so than when you came in. I know that God makes all things, say all things, work together for our good, right? Our good. He's going to make everything work out. Our hope is in Christ. The word hope there is a confident expectation of good. That's the kind of hope we have in Christ. We're not walking around here acting like we're defeated. We know that God makes all things work together for our good. That means we can have a confident expectation of good coming our way because he loves us. Don't let people, don't let pastors, don't let religious people tell you that that the world is just ending all around you and the Lord's coming back soon. That's why hurricanes are coming. You know, God is not punishing the world anymore. He put all that on Jesus. Put all that on Jesus. Even when he comes back, it's not to deal with sin. Hebrews chapter 9 tells you that. He's not going to come back to deal with sin. Why? It's been dealt with. So if you're struggling with guilt and shame, I just want you to know, it has been paid for. It's not for you. It's not your burden to carry. Let it go. Let it go. You got to let it go, church. Good God. Just to let you know I can preach. Amen. Sweet tea. Come on. That was good right there, girl. She's taking the place of my wife today by taking her head. Anybody want to tell me what time it is? Do that too. Time check a brother. Good. All right. If you need prayer. Please see Pastor Dwayne or I after church. You don't have to see us. As we see, everybody in here is qualified to pray. If you need prayer, we can get together and pray over you. I think it's awesome when a group gets together and prays over people. Um, you start to see some, your faith is built up when people are laying hands on you. You literally can feel that. Amen. Uh, if you don't know who Jesus is, listen, I, it, you, you have to know by now after spending the last 15 minutes in here. You have to know who Jesus is, and you have to know that he loves you, and that he died for you, and that he completely forgives you, and that he sees you as righteous. That's who our Lord is. If you don't know and you haven't said with your mouth that he is your Lord, and you haven't believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, I'll pray that prayer with you. There, there's no confession time. It does not say confess your sins in Romans, does it? It says confess Jesus. Believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. I ain't got time to listen to all your sins. I'm hungry. Just say, I'm a, I'm a sinner. I am. I messed up. That's the whole reason I'm coming to Jesus. Amen. I'd love to pray that prayer with you. I'm not really hungry. I'll pray with you. Um, and if you're looking for a church, this is who we are, whether it's me, Pastor Dwayne up here preaching, Paul preaching, Paul talking. It, this is Our music is very carefully picked out. We don't put anybody under the law. That's not our intention. We want everybody to know that we are under a new covenant, covenant of grace, covenant of favor. That's who we are. It's what we believe. And uh, if you want to be a part of that, we have a little sheet that we would just like to keep record of. Um, other than that, uh, Jake will be out there. Uh, Colton, you want to go out there too if they want to buy t-shirts? Um, please support those guys. It's a it's a big deal for them. And uh, and I love that our church is, is there's some giving people in this church. And, and listen, free people freely give. That's how we know. That's a sign that this church is truly free. And uh, if you guys will talk to those guys out there, even if you just want to pray with them, get some more information. Um, please do so right after church. You guys want to go ahead and go back. You guys can. I'm going to pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Will you guys pray with me? Uh, Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing us beyond measure. Thank you for your great love for people. Thank you for your great love for us. Thank you for bestowing upon us blessing after blessing after blessing, not because of who we are, what we do, but because of what you have done for us. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus has completely made us free. He set us free. 
we are free indeed. We can live life to the fullest because he came to give us life to the fullest. Not just life, but life more abundantly. Thank you for blessing each person in this room as they walk out of here, God. Your favor is upon them, that people see it, that people want to know what's going on. Thank you that wherever they go, they bring the favor of God with them. Wherever their feet go, wherever their hands touch, whatever their eyes see, God, they bring the favor of Almighty God with them. Change lives through them. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for blessing us beyond measure. Thank you for making all things work together for our good. We receive it all in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you so much.